good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you're listening to this. I'm Jesse. I'm Jessica. And we are here to share with you a little bit of what we have been enjoying as we work through a catechism that was put together by Pastor Charles Spurgeon in the 1800s. Now, for a lot of people who have grown up in evangelical churches, the idea of looking at a catechism is pretty strange. Um, some people have questioned what we're doing. You know, why are you why are you looking at a catechism? Um, what what's been your experience with catechisms, and what what typically has come to your mind when you think of a catechism? About the French Catholic <laughs> Church. <laughs> yeah, people from the Catholic Church. I think that's what typically comes to people's minds. But the truth is that uh, catechisms were used by the Reformers, and they were used before the Protestant Reformation. And the Catholic Church, their primary catechism that they use today was actually a response to the Reformation so Charles Spurgeon, he put this together, and uh, he borrowed a lot from the Westminster Shorter Catechism and from other Baptist catechisms that had been written in the 1600s. And so we're just going to work through this together. I think it's a really good foundational document. It gives people a great uh, understanding of sort of those core beliefs that I think a lot of people forget. Yeah, I think that's a, now that I'm learning about these questions, it's helpful. It's very, very helpful for us, like Christians, even we don't grow up with this. I think it's a, a good tool for us to be more clear and have a quick answer for some question, even other people have it or us have it. Yeah, it gives us some answers to be able to share with other people. It also is really helpful for training up children. That's the that's what catechisms were used for a lot. That's what Charles Spurgeon had in mind was that families would go through these. The other thing is, though, after being in ministry now for over a decade, one of the things that I have seen is that a lot of people in evangelical churches, particularly Baptist churches, which is where I have worked, we have worked, um, just don't know the fundamentals of the faith. Yeah. And so there's just this assumption like, oh, yeah, of course you know what that means. But a lot of people really don't. And so catechisms can be a helpful way to make mm -hmm. sure that you've got that, that real foundational knowledge. So let's go ahead and look at question number one. It says, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Um, it's an interesting way to phrase the question, the chief end of something. It's basically asking, what's the purpose, right? Why, why are we here? And I think that's a question that everybody really has, right? What's, what's my purpose? Don't, don't you think so? Yes, and we always have the wrong answer. <laughs> we do almost always get wrong answers, don't we? The, you know, why am I here? Um, what am I supposed to be doing? Uh, what is life all about? We've we spent a lot of time in youth ministry, <laughs> and these are common questions for youth, but even as uh, I've begun to work more with adults and less with youth, this question is absolutely pervasive. So, why am I here? Well, man's chief end is to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all mm -hmm. to the glory of God. Everything we do is supposed to be about glorifying God. Now, 
what do you think of when you hear that word to glorify someone or something? And then we'll, we'll get specific with God in a minute. What, what does it mean to glorify? Well, for me, it's to give glory to God. Everything we do is not about us. Yeah. It's a, everything now for the world is about you. What you're doing, everything what you're doing is good for you and everyone have everything for us. Then we want to feel good. Oh, I'm doing a good job, good job, everything. But no, it's not about us. Yeah. It's about God. Everything we do is for glorify God knows. Right. Everything we do should be there to make God's name known yes. and to make his name great. Mm-hmm. And we are, as many have said, we are, we are glory thieves. We are people who want to glorify ourselves in our culture really does encourage that, doesn't yes. it? You know, whatever, uh, you know, make it all about you. We're the selfie generation. <laughs> you know, we love everything to be customized just for me. And, and we're and we're used to that. And yeah. companies lean into that. And so this is a, a stark uh, contrast to what we hear from the world. It's all about God. It's yeah. about glorifying Him. Now, um that's a hard message for people to receive sometimes. Well, okay, so it's not about me. Then that just means that I'm kind of going to be left out and I'm not important. But I think that's important. That's how we have the second part of the answer. <laughs> it just can be because, and then we're like, oh, it's just about God and not about me. And then it's what is, and again, we go back about us. <laughs> right, right. And we feel miserable sometimes it's like oh i can enjoy these like right. i don't know <laughs> nobody likes me everybody <laughs> hates me guess i'll go eat worms whatever you know and, and we could think that maybe that so god is sort of saying like hey you don't you're not important and you're insignificant and i don't really care about you but actually he's saying just the opposite by god demanding that he be the center of everything including our own lives he is demanding that we refuse uh, anything that would be second best and only take him mm-hmm. as the center. And really, the best way to glorify God and the best way to uh, magnify his name is to rejoice in him and to yes. enjoy him. And so Psalm 73 <clears throat> Verses 25 and 26 say, Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so the psalmist is just rejoicing in who God is. And so we we could go to lots of different psalms that uh, show the rejoicing in the Lord. But we do best glorify things when we enjoy Enjoy. these things. Um, John Piper is really famous for saying that you uh, (laughs) glorify God by enjoying him. And he really actually drew that out from C.S. Lewis, who noted the same sort of thing. When we enjoy something we tend to talk about it and we tend to celebrate it. And that's what our life is supposed to be about. We enjoy God and therefore we glorify mm-hmm. him and we point people to him just like we when we enjoy something or someone else in our lives. So this is why we're here. Uh, that question that philosophers try to answer, that question that teenagers <laughs> struggle with, that question that frankly every single person has, what am I here for, what's my purpose, is the very first question answered here. Uh, It's the exact same wording as the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Spurgeon didn't come up with it, but I think he was wise to put it here. And it really does give us some direction for our lives. So 
I hope that's encouraging to anybody yeah. who's listening. It's very simple. It is very, very simple. simple. It's not anything to think about. It's just enjoy God and glorify Him and everything. Yeah. And that makes you, you happy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know why you're here. There you go. So get out there, enjoy God, and yes. make much of Him. Uh, remember, when you enjoy Him, when you enjoy His gifts, to celebrate Him and point others to Him. That's why we're here. Amen. All right. Well, I hope you'll continue to join us in the coming weeks as we walk through this catechism. It's going to be a while because there's 82 of these questions. <laughs> and uh, so we've been doing this in Spanish for a couple months now, and we still haven't gotten very far. But we'll try and do this on occasion uh, to give you something to think about. Thanks for joining us. Bye.